All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. You're tuned in to Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Uramchuk, live every weekday on the Nation Network YouTube. You can't beat a Washington Capitals team that's missing basically half their lineup, but you can beat a team that's gone to the Stanley Cup Finals three years in a row on the second of back-to-backs. It makes no sense. But alas, that seems to be the 2022-23 Edmonton Oilers. Let's get into last night's win with the lead. Oilers Nation every day, as always, coming to you live from the Sports Closet Studio. They set me up with this beautiful Zach Hyman jersey, the vintage hoodie behind me as well. Both those items available, sportscloset.ca or at one of their three locations, Kingsway Mall, Short Park Mall, St. Albert Mall. Got to have some fresh items. Maybe by next week, we'll we'll refresh the Sports Closet studio a little bit. Uh, The big story today is the fact that the Oilers somehow won that hockey game last night. And I don't mean like from the perspective of they played poorly and somehow managed to win the hockey game and get two points. I mean that from the perspective of that's just heading into that game. I thought they were going to get smoked, honestly. I thought they were going to get their asses kicked. The way they showed up, just as flat as they looked, as undisciplined as they looked against Washington, to head into the second straight road game, two games as many nights, against a team that seemed to be rolling as well as the Tampa Bay Lightning were, for Edmonton to, I mean, in a way, play as well as they did, was really surprising. Uh, let's start between the pipes where you see right there, Jack Campbell stopped 35 of 37. The guy had a 946 save percentage last night. And those two goals that went in, nowhere close to his fault. That was far from the goalie we saw against the Dallas Stars. And 
you know, there's still a long ways to go until anyone should be willing to say Jack Campbell is back. He's still amongst goalies who have played at least 250 minutes. There's 36 of them, by the way. He's 33rd in 5v5 save percentage. Jack Campbell is still not out of the woods, but last night was a great building block for the Oilers goaltender. Last night was a great building block for the Oilers penalty kill as well. Not only did they go a perfect five for five against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Again, like just think about those two games we just watched side by side. Washington is missing John Carlson, Dmitry Orlov, Tom Wilson, TJ Oshie, Nicholas Backstrom. They're basically missing, outside of Ovechkin, everybody who played regular power play minutes for them last season. They somehow popped home four on the Oilers. Tampa Bay, lethal power play. Sick. Kucherov, Point, Stamkos, Hedman. Every, they're so good. They go over five, and the Oilers get a shorthanded goal from Warren Fogle, a wrist shot from more or less just inside the blue line that beats Andre Vasilevsky, probably the most consistent goaltender in the world over the last five seasons. Last night was just one of those games where you just you chuckle almost, and like in, in a way that's that's NHL hockey, right? Anyone can beat anyone on any given night, and that was the case last night. We are live, as always, on the Oilers Nation Facebook, on the Oilers Nation Twitter, and yes, on the Nation Network YouTube. If you're watching in the YouTube chat right now, I see the chat is uh, it's popping off. Hit that like button for me. We're only at three likes so far on the show. We need to get that number up. Also, Frank Saravalli is going to join us in a couple of minutes as well. So if you got some questions for Frank Saravalli, we're chilling with Frank Saravalli this week. There you go. Who named that? Was that you, Liam? Did you name it chilling with Frank Saravalli? I figured I would get in on the action this week and name the segment yep. Chilling with Frank. I haven't had a chance yet, so that's, this is my opportunity, and I took it. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I see Dr. Gonzo's <laughs> in the chat. He says, what's up to everybody? He won a $25 gift card to Nation Gear the other day on our live watch-along uh, against the Washington Capitals. Anyways, back to that game against Tampa Bay now that we got all that out of the way. Warren Fogle. It was finally a Fogle. We've been talking about it for... Three weeks, right? Two, three weeks. Finally, Warren Fogel able to find the back of the net in that game. And I was hard on him. I thought he played terribly against Washington. He's really been fighting it early in the season. But there is something great about seeing a player celebrate a goal like that. And like you could almost feel the weight being lifted off Warren Fogel's shoulders when that went in. Yeah, that that was a big one, and uh, I'm with you. It was only yesterday I basically said on Oilers Nation Radio he shouldn't even be in the lineup tonight, and then he yeah. comes out and scores a shorthanded goal and as his best game of the season, and great timing. And it was great to see Jay Woodcroft reward him a little bit too with playing him in the last minute of the game and showing that he be truly believes in him. And maybe, maybe Fogel's yeah. one of those guys who just needs that to sh to see that belief from people and you saw the emotion after he scored the goal like man if he needed that so bad now hopefully yamamoto can be the next one to to uh, get rid of the what do they call it the egg or whatever i don't know i only think about bananas and burgers <laughs> um yeah and then fogel actually so you mentioned he was on the ice in the last minute then he made that i thought really selfish decision to ice the puck when the net was empty mm. There was 20 seconds left. He could have just flipped a little floater out down the ice, and it's probably game over. He goes for the goal. There's another faceoff. Tampa wins it. They get a one-timer from the point, and Warren Fogle gets in the lane. I, and I love, I love that. I only bring up the mistake 
because I love how he put his body on the line to kind of make up for it right after. So again, no problem with him, you know, at all in that game. He was great. Game-saving block, scored the first goal of the game as well. Warren Fogel playing 12-0-9. That might be a season high for Warren Fogel. Now that I'm just seeing that, that really jumps off the page. Yeah, uh, actually just looking uh, at them, quite, it was around like 13 minutes-ish, right? What's the season yeah, high? Yeah, he had 13 against St. Louis. Yeah, so, I mean, we've obviously, what happened last night, which we'll get into, I'm sure, like, Fogel's now going to be relied upon a little bit more, like the others are going to need him to probably step up, show a little bit more depth in the lineup, and hopefully the momentum from, it was a big win last night, like, the title of this show is a massive two points, and it truly was, like, if they had yep. lost four in a row, who knows what would have happened tomorrow against Carolina, and then you also have Florida, and all the other games after that, which are extremely difficult too, like, this is... This is a really big game for Fogel, for Campbell, and just for the Oilers in general. Yeah. And uh, Connor McDavid staying up at his goal per game pace, 14 goals in 14 games. The Oilers' power play comes through with a couple of goals last night. That was great. A lot of positives, the big two points, all of that. But the big negative, Evander Kane goes down with just a really, really scary injury in the middle frame of that hockey game. You never want to see a guy skating off the ice the way Kane did. Um, he was sent to hospital, had a surgery procedure, whatever you want to call it. He is fine. He put out a statement uh, this morning, I believe it was, just kind of thanking everyone for the well wishes and all of that stuff. Um, Evander Kane is going to be okay. It's just a matter of we don't know how long until he'll be back in the Oilers lineup. Now, Ilya Mikheyev suffered a similar injury to this. Last season, he missed three months. So... December, January, mid-February maybe is what you said is the timeline for a potential Evander Kane return. We'll ask Frank Saravalli about that as well. That'll be one of the areas we hit on with our insider coming up in a couple of minutes here. Um, but just not great to see Kane go down. And now the conversation, Liam, mm. shifts to who needs to step up with him out of the lineup. For me, it's probably Kyler Yamamoto. Yeah, I, I think the same. It's Yamamoto and, I mean, any of those $3 million guys, like the others really need yeah. them now. Like, now we're con kind of going back to what we had last season before we before we didn't have a Vander Kane, where it's like, okay, now everyone just needs to kind of dial it in on Dreisaitl and McDavid. And obviously, Nugent Hopkins and Hyman are both playing really well, but Kane brought the element of toughness and offensive ability to this team that nobody else really has in the, in the uh, forward group. Like, Evander, uh, sorry, Darnell Nurse is probably the only other guy that yeah. maybe brings that. And obviously, the Oilers need him to play defense, not offense. So yeah, like I'm looking at, I'm looking at Yamamoto. I'm still looking at Fogel. Like you got to keep it going. Like Puljujarvi as well. Like he's going to be asked to play a lot of top six minutes. And now I think another question too is, is like would have to imagine Evander Kane. Like you said, he's going to be out for a while. That's going to give the Oilers some cap room. So. Who's coming up? Like now, now Ken Holland has that flexibility that we've all been asking for a little bit yep. to call some people up from Bakersfield. Maybe we now see Yanmark. Like Clem Costin is a name I've seen tossed around. I don't know if he's quite there yet. Like we spoke to Ryan Holt the other day. Like Xavier Borgo is doing really well right now in Bakersfield. Like there's options, I guess, is the good thing now for this team. It's a deep organization. Yeah, I, I still think. Uh... You know, like obviously you mentioned the three million dollar guys, Fogel, Yamamoto, and Puliarvi. Having one of them step up and just go on a heater for the next couple of months would be fantastic. 
I, I think maybe it's a Dylan Holloway slide up the lineup. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to do it, and if Jay Woodcroft is going to go down that path, I think you need to... I think you need to give him some some leash. You can't just have him up mm-hmm. there and if the first period doesn't go well, yank him off. I would go as far as to say you can't have him up there and if the first game doesn't go well, yank him off. Like if you think if you're gonna keep Dylan Holloway in the NHL, this is maybe an opportunity to do so. And maybe you just staple him next to either Dry or McDavid and say, Hey, we're giving him the rest of the road trip. He's gonna play 15 to 17 minutes a game against Carolina and against Florida. And we're going to see what he's got. And then when you come back from the road trip, you can make a decision with him then. But if you want someone who's got offensive juice, who can maybe go on a little bit of a heater here, he's probably the guy. Slide up Dylan Holloway. Don't touch that third line and see what you can do. Yeah, I think a good point is that. And also the fact it doesn't really disrupt the rest of the team too. like Gives them them a bit of juice up front. And yeah, Holloway has offensive ability. And I agree Like you can't just one mistake can't just be sat on the bench for 10 minutes or whatever it is Like you got to let him play. And it was, it was dry saddle on Hyman, right? He had a lot of success with in preseason, obviously a different style of hockey, but who knows? Like you got to try and find some juice in this lineup. You're going to miss the guy who's going to score you a lot of goals this season for who knows how long. So yeah, you got to try and find it somewhere. Maybe Holloway's that guy. He definitely has the ability to try and to try and uh, fill the void. You mentioned uh, the fact that they can they have some wiggle room to call guys up now. And our very our friend Tom Gazzola sent out a tweet yesterday saying Oilers likely to call up multiple players. So with this LTIR space, you know, you can finally run a 23-man roster. There's not going to be a scenario now where the Oilers are going into a game with like 17 skaters. Gazzola said, wouldn't be surprised to see Clem Costin as one of them. For me, I would imagine they get Matthias Janmark up here. The fact that they couldn't call him up over the last few weeks because of the cap reasons, and now there's no cap reason standing in the way. Like, you signed that guy. Let's see what he can do at the NHL level. This seems like a good chance to get Matthias Janmark some games and see what you can do there. Um, Then we'll see. The top six is a big part of this conversation. You know, who they can call up is another side of it. Uh, I think I think our friend Frank Saravalli is ready to go. So we'll talk to him about, uh, about this Evander Kane thing and a lot more. It's time for Chillin' with Frank. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. 
From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I let Liam name the segment today, Frank, and that's what he came up with. Chilling. I, I kind of like slapping it around with Saravali, but uh, it's just me. I'm partial to that. Yeah. It, it, it's on the list. Uh, welcoming in Frank Saravalli, our NHL insider from Daily Faceoff to the Sports Closet Studio. Uh, Frank, before we get into Kane and all the other stuff, last night's win for the Oilers. They, they needed that one. They really did, and and I think what it did was take a lot of heat off. I think when you look at the skid that the Oilers were on, some alarm bells were beginning to be raised, and I think the tension and temperature was certainly rising because this team – on paper, uh, this team, even analytically, you could say, um, had not been performing up to expectations, at least in terms of results. And a lot of the underlying numbers were there, and you've seen it through bits and stretches where this team looked really good, that they were really underachieving and, and frankly, underwhelming. So you've had your top six guys that have really performed at their normal level. And the big question was, it seemed like the Oilers were kind of reverting to their old self, which was the Oilers are one of the best teams in the league when McDavid or Dreisaitl is on the ice, and they've been one of the worst when they're off of it. They just, they're not getting the juice. And I think it's not even just what are you getting from the rest of the team. They also weren't difficult to play against. And I think that was the big thing that really had stood out to um, the Oilers and their front office, which was how can we be tougher to play against? So, like that losing streak, is it just a blip or is there a chance that the front office maybe notice some things that they're going to try to address over the next three, four months leading up to the deadline? I think they certainly have their marching orders. Um, I think that they're beginning to formulate, um, you know, what that looks like, whether it's adding someone to the bottom six that provides a bit of an edge or a specialty like a penalty killer. Um, and I, I think, ideally at the end of the day they'd like to add a bona fide center to this mix you know maybe not now but maybe a lot closer to march 3rd um where they're in a spot to be a lot more competitive than they have been to this point evander kane we all saw the injury last night obviously really concerning but he put out a statement today saying you know he, he's okay at least uh mckay have suffered a similar injury it was three months is that the timeline the oilers are expecting here they're not really sure yet. They're waiting on more information from the doctors to see exactly what was repaired, the the depth of the damage, so to speak, that it was indeed a, a deep skate cut. And they were concerned that, um, you know, there was the potential for some ligaments to also be torn. And this can be a tricky thing to diagnose because even if the cut looks the same, you know, it may not be the exact same sort of process to get back in the lineup. There's all sorts of things with nerves and feeling, uh, numbness, um, all those types of things, blood circulation that really factor into an, in an injury that's as gruesome as this one. And so um, it's going to be, I think, a little bit of time before the Oilers have an exact timeline that they can point to to say, here's what we're expecting for Evander Kane. 
Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes are in Florida tonight. An actual hurricane is coming through Florida or in that area. So they're, Carolina got into Florida is what I'm getting at. But they play in Carolina against Edmonton tomorrow. Is that hurricane going to give any sort of an issue? So the Hurricanes are very on brand for them, by the way. Um, but they're uh, they're not expecting any issues. If you've looked at the weather map and the weather forecast, it's actually kind of interesting that they they just kind of beat the storm in there. But now they're gonna they're planning to fly out at 11 p.m. tonight after the game, right in the teeth of it. So not exactly a flight that I would like to be on in terms of turbulence forecast. But the Hurricanes have uh, a contingency in place as well. Not only do they have a plane ready to go in Fort Lauderdale, which is close to the rink, but they also have one 35 to 45 miles away waiting in Miami to also, if the weather situation is a little bit better there, to potentially avoid a bit of the storm that's ready to go just in case to get them back to Raleigh uh, in time for the game. I was thinking, looking at the forecast, do you, do you wait? Because all of you know Thursday morning, it, it's pretty much clear and sunny from you know 8 or 10 a.m. on. Do you just fly day of game in and play the Oilers and, and certainly take some of that worry and fear out of it? Uh, but in this case, the Hurricanes at the moment are at least planning to fly through it. All right, so it sounds like not not a ton of legitimate concern for that game tomorrow night between the Oilers and the Hurricanes because of again the actual hurricane. It's it's all very confusing to say out but loud. A, uh, bef- a, a the thing from for you to look at from a betting perspective, of course, is the Oilers are sitting there in Carolina already waiting tonight while the Carolina Hurricanes are playing against Florida. So um, I always enjoy that type of setup where the road team is in the home team city before the home team is even there. Yeah, that is interesting. I'd love to I'd love to know some historical data. I know it's like impossible to get, but in, in situations like that, if there is any sort of an advantage. I mean, the Oilers last night, they were underdogs against Tampa Bay, and I thought they were gonna get smoked, but as betting on the NHL goes, it, it's anyone can win on any given night. Uh before we let you go, Frank, I want to ask you about a couple other teams in the Pacific Division. The Calgary Flames lost their sixth straight game yesterday. Jonathan Huberto was injured in the loss as well. There's been some weird comments. I heard you on Barnburner the other day talking about the Daryl taking a shit thing and how that maybe didn't go over well with Jonathan Huberto or in the Flames locker room. Is there trouble brewing here? Like, is this maybe starting to develop into more than just a six-game losing streak? I, I think it's... I don't think there's trouble brewing. I think it's premature to say that. Um, clearly, when a team has a skid that hits six games like the Flames have had, there there are question marks. They're dealing with some things that they didn't have to deal with last year. Injuries on their back end. Now you have Huberto hurt. What a bizarre situation that was. The team saying he has an upper body injury, and yet he's spotted in a walking boot. I have more concern personally for the walking boot injury than the uh, seemingly minor upper body uh, issue that he was also dealing with concurrently. Um, But there's a lot to unpack here. Jacob Markstrom hasn't been very good. He has an 893 save percentage. Um, Five on five, like what what have they, you know, have they struggled because of the injuries on defense? Is it the goaltending? You know, Matt Larkin had a great breakdown today. Is it the five on five play? Probably the answer is none of those things, and it comes down to depth scoring. I mean, look at this list of scoring leaders here, and you know you have Jonathan Huberto way further down the list. You have Rasmus Anderson, who's had an impressive start to the season. 
You have Brett Ritchie with five points in 12 games, and not included on that list is Andrew Mangiapane. That guy scored a ton last year. Where Where's the production? He got a new contract. He's really struggled. So I think it's been some of their depth scoring that's been a big issue as they are 18th in the league, as you can see here, in goals for per game. And a team that for the start that they had, which is really kind of good record-wise, they didn't look like they were firing on all cylinders, and now it's sort of coming back to bite them in the ass. And the last team I want to check on in the Pacific is the Vancouver Canucks. Earlier this week or over the weekend, Jim Rutherford made some comments to Sportsnet 650 about the systems. And then well, what was Bruce's response? Something about that's another one from my book. Like for those two to be going back and forth in the media like that, it doesn't look from an outsider's perspective like it's a match at all in Vancouver. It's never really looked like a match. And that's kind of why I'm surprised that it's lasted as long as it has. Think back to the way this all started, Tyler. Jim Rutherford gets installed as president of Hockey Ops, and he's already inherited Bruce Boudreaux. Patrick Alvain, the guy that he hires as Canucks GM, inherits Bruce Boudreaux and shows up to practice, and I'm told immediately was watching the first week and was like, what the hell is this? What are we doing? And so that was, I think, of concern then. Then there was that friction in the summer with, um, you know, the extension or, or option year. Is he going to sign it? Is he not? He wants an extension. The team's not going to give it to him. And so there was some drama there. And then you've got this team on the ice that there's sort of drama off of it. Bo Horvat, 12 goals in 13 games. It's been insane. And... You look at it, and they're in a spot where he doesn't have a contract. They took care of JT Miller over the summer and left their captain sort of dangling in the wind. And I'm told there's been no conversation on the Horvat front between the Canucks and his camp for an extension for the captain. So they've had a really underwhelming start to the season. That goes without saying. Um, and there's just so many red flags between the four goals against the game that they've been giving up to that 32nd ranked penalty kill also biting them in the ass this season to start. It, it's exactly what did them in last year before Bruce Boudreau took over. And by December 4th, when that happened, their season was already swirling down the drain. Interestingly enough, Tyler, in this case, Jim Rutherford is already seemingly turning an eye towards next season as well, talking about trying to trade their bigger contracts to clear up cap space and get future assets. Ken, the last area I want to hit on with you is Chris Neal's jersey retirement in Ottawa going to spark a string of enforcers having their names put to the rafters? I don't think so. And we talked about this on <laughs> Daily Faceoff Live today. And I mean, I guess Mike taking the player, Mike McKenna taking the player perspective and having played in Ottawa with Chris Neal, maybe that presents things in a different light. I don't get this at all. And I'm not trying to slag Chris Neal. Like, the point is, this is the ultimate honor for a player in his career to have your jersey taken out of circulation and to be hanging in the rafters forever. Chris Neal is really kind of the first of his kind. As a role player, 1,026 games, all with the Ottawa Senators, to earn that distinction, not being a superstar on the ice. And I, I applaud Chris Neal for everything that he is as a player, maximizing his skill set, uh, showing up every day, putting in the work, and also doing the work in the community. But this is not the hall of very good 
This is yeah. for the elite of the elite of the elite players. Only a select few, handful in your franchise's history. And I'm sorry, Chris Neal just doesn't, he doesn't fit that bill for me. Well, this feels like something like you could honor him in a different way. That's not this prestigious. Like I get he's like a fan favorite and things like that. He's one of the only three players, I think, in sense history to play over a thousand career games with the club or whatever. But like have a like what the Oilers did, have an Oilers Hall of Fame, have a Senators Hall of Fame where you can put Chris Neal in. But yeah, I agree. Retiring his number is uh, a little bit wacky um, every week. So, I mean, look at I, look at what the Oilers just did with that Hall of Fame, as you mentioned. Like yeah. Ryan Smith was a way more impactful player for the Edmonton Oilers, and yet his number is not retired. And no one would even really think to suggest that his number should be retired. Yeah. Exactly. It's uh, it's it's a puzzling one. Dangerous Wade's in the chat says the Neil retirement is more about goodwill with the fans. Been a rough while for them, and maybe like you just feel the need to give your fans something to look forward to. But again, I'll tell you what it feels like. Has number for a team that has struggled at the box office and has struggled to start this season. It feels like a cheap way to get a sellout. Interesting. Uh, the only other question that's coming into the chat, Frank. People want you to rate my mustache. What do you think? You have a mustache? Damn it. All right. That's the end of the segment. See you, Frank. It, it, it looks like you shouldn't be allowed near school zones. Get to the wrap. Get them out of here. I'm done. <laughs> ah, yes. A big thanks to Frank Saravalli. I thought at least he would give me like a four out of ten or something. I don't know. Anyways, let's get to our betting segment for the week. Bring Liam back into the show. Uh, Liam, I went 4-1 last night with my NHL picks. Yes. Big redemption. Nice. I went 2-0. 2-0. Oh. Oh. Perfect night. I had the dry side of one, and then... Oh, actually, maybe I didn't go 2-0. Oh. Maybe I went 1-1. One one. I can't remember what the second one was. Maybe it was the over. Either way, dry side paid out nicely, so I won a little bit of money. But tonight, I was trying very hard to get one that was called the Tyler Yaremchuk betting segment, but I couldn't quite get anything on Ricard Raquel. But I just had ah. Martin Nakas as my guy tonight. I'm going to go with his shot prop, and I know you mentioned this one Sir. a couple of couple episodes ago last week, I think. He's been kind of on yep. a roll. So that's really promising. And then the other one, if we could get it thrown up here, because I can't remember off the top of my head what I even picked. It's Darlene over two down. and a half. No, that one wasn't it. There it is. Cole Caulfield, shot prop. Ah. There you go. He's hit this one in like four or five straight games. They're playing Vancouver. Neither of these teams can really defend that well. So just a lot of shot props tonight. Only four games in the NHL, and there wasn't like a ton yeah. out there that I really, really liked. So... These are the two. The NACAS one has been hitting a ton, and so is the Caulfield one. One other one I was kind of looking at just because he's been hot recently is a, a Bo Horvat goal tonight in that Montreal-Vancouver game too, I believe. He didn't score, score last, last game, night. but he had – did he score two last night? Yeah. I, don't, I just know he's, he has like five or something like that in his last three, four games. So he's pretty hot right now. So, yeah, those are the Betway bets of the day presented by Betway and Liam. Uh, yes, 19 plus, please play responsibly. My place tonight, I'm with you on the nature shot. I think that is a great prop for this evening. Uh, also, Gustav Forsling set at two and a half, overs paying minus 130. Mm -hmm. He's hit this thing in 10 of his 13 games so far this season. Forsling and Natchez on the shot props. I nailed the Caulfield shot prop last night. 
Um, and I'm probably with you again on that one, but my only two official players are the Natchez and the Gustav Forsling shot props. Um, to all the people in the chat saying that I'm hurt about those Frank comments, listen, I know it's bad. I'm not pretending it's good. I just thought maybe <laughs> Frank would give me a little bit more respect than that is all. That's all. And I got to look as we as he signed off on the call, he just had this big ass grin on his face. And now that's just sitting in the bottom. Look at this. Now this has just been frozen in the bottom left hand corner of my screen the whole time. Frank grinning at me. Are you kidding me? All right, it's time to wrap up today's show. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with a short for giant edition of things. No concern about the hurricane. Some concern about the hurricanes, though. There's something, there's some sort of a joke in there, but the Hurricanes are playing tonight in Florida. And like Frank said, they got, they got some backup plans for them to get out of Florida safely tonight. So tomorrow's game against the Oilers can go on in Raleigh, Carolina. Uh, thanks so much for tuning into the show today. As always, live from the Sports Closet Studio. If you're still watching, hammer that like button one more time before you sign off. And don't forget to subscribe as well to the Nation Network. We'll be back on tomorrow's show. Chat with you then. See you, everybody. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.